Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 91. I'm your host, Derek Moore. And this week, I know you're probably really tired of not only the political campaign, but hearing all the talk in the multiple debates, well, I guess we only had two, uh, about the, the national debt, the growing national debt, and all of the GDP numbers, all the figures they were throwing out, and then all the, the TV commercials you've been seeing about the national debt, what it means, how do you tell the difference? Actually, I'm kidding. During this political cycle, we have heard virtually nothing about the national debt. We've heard nothing about uh, debt as a percentage of GDP. We've really, that I know of, have not heard one, I don't think I've heard one candidate talk about the national debt. And it's interesting because you go back, you know, usually one of the parties or the other would always sort of talk about it. Uh, The reality is, you know, they haven't, (laughs) besides the odd year, federal government tends to spend more than they take in 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 revenues. That's nothing new. But in past years, you actually had a lot more discussion about the debt and deficits, about the Federal Reserve, about, you know, where are we going to get the money for this program or that program? Yeah, you've had none of that this this go around. Uh, Completely, as far as I can tell, absent from the discussion. So, if you go back, I mean, I remember, what was it, 19, what year was that? Was that the, the 92 election maybe where Ross Perot had entered as a third party? And I remember one, one of the debates, uh, they were asking Ross Perot about his lack of experience. And his, his comment was, you know, if, if you mean my lack of experience running up a, a $5 trillion debt, uh, then yeah, I don't have any experience doing that. And that got a lot of laughs from the audience. Of course, that pales in comparison now to the $26.4 trillion uh, public debt. And, and we'll sort of break that down a little bit because people throw those numbers around. And there's there's some nuances to that. But we do have, you know, the federal, uh, who is it, the CBO, the Chicago, Chicago Board of Trade, uh, Congressional Budget Office has, you know, they... They put out a long-term budget outlook. And I forget when this is put out. Um, but I think it was updated recently because it does say pandemic for 2020 on the on the charts. And so just kind of thinking about some of these factors. So when you hear about the national debt, typically the number that you're going to hear quoted is what we call the public debt. And that's about $26.4 trillion right now. And that includes everything. But it doesn't tell the whole story. And look, that is a lot of money for sure. And this year, with the amount of money that's that's being spent, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, $9.1 trillion, I think, is with the annualized number is what we're going to spend in 2020. I think the annualized receipts are only expected to be around $3.4 trillion. So if you spend more than you take in, you're going to have debt. But let's go through the differences here. And so when we think about public debt and we think about you know $26.4 trillion, is that really what the U.S. government owes? Uh, yes, for the most part, with a couple of caveats. 
So there's another number called debt held by the public. And you might think, well, what's the difference between public debt and debt held by the public? Well, debt held by the public, think of it this way. Those are, those are debts that the government theoretically has to pay back. And I'll explain. So Social Security, trust fund, uh, they actually own U.S. treasuries. And so it's part of the government. And so Social Security, let's say, takes, you know, buys treasury bonds and holds them. And I, I didn't look at all the maturities or anything like that. But they hold those. And, you know, they're collecting interest on it. They're collecting interest. But the reality is that, you know, that's sort of money that uh, the government's borrowing from itself. And based upon my math, it's roughly, I don't know, about $1.3 or so. Look, I, I could be off on this. I'm just doing, doing the math. And then the other part that uh, of the government, well, it's actually, remember, the Federal Reserve is actually a private, technically a private organization. And they, you know, a lot of times when they say they print money or they create money, well, the Fed actually buys or has been buying some of that debt as well. So the Federal Reserve currently has about $4.6 trillion on its balance sheet. And so if you, if you take the difference, so that's about 5.9 between those two, and that's where you get the difference of 26.4 and 20.5. Again, my, my numbers, um, just doing the, the quick calculation. There's some other things in there. But generally, the way that you look at this is, and, and we, we should kind of stop for a second, because you know, th this whole debt held by the public uh, versus total debt, you know, what's a good analogy? Well, imagine a husband and wife have joint accounts, meaning you know, accounts that they're both on. And then the wife or the husband has a separate account and says, hey, you know, why don't you loan me some money and, you know, or, or uh, I'm going to buy some of your bonds. I'm going I'm to buy some bonds, which is essentially you loaning money. Okay, so the husband and wife joint account loans money to, let's say, the wife's uh, uh, separate account. And then the wife receives interest. But really the interest is paid back to the joint account. And you see, hopefully that makes sense. It's just, you know, it's all their money. Um, and when they pay interest, it actually theoretically goes back to themselves. Uh, but that's kind of the way that that works out. And obviously the Federal Reserve, as they expand the balance sheet, they're taking on, you know, things onto the balance sheet. Uh, they're taking on treasuries onto the balance sheet. So that's kind of the difference there. Uh, currently, the the other way that you look at this, uh, GDP at the end of Q2, gross domestic product, that's the measure theoretically of all the, the finished goods that are sold. Uh, that's about $19.5 Of course, it was $21.7 trillion at the end of Q4. It's probably going to get up close to that once Q3 gets released, because uh, they're expecting an annualized number somewhere around you know, 33, 35%. But one of the other measures that you look at is the percent of debt to GDP. So if we look at the percent of debt held by the public, which is 20.5 trillion in Q2, that's higher now, by the way, but we'll use the Q2 number, to GDP in Q2 of 19.5, it's 105% of GDP. 
this is one of the ways that it gets measured because the theory is, you know, you're, you only produce and sell so much stuff in the economy. And so as your debt becomes a, a greater and greater percentage of that, the likelihood of it getting, you know, being able to be paid down or getting the debt under control is starts to go away. The reality is uh, politicians probably are not going to, you know, I don't think anybody has any intention of paying down the debt. As I said, there has been zero talk that I've heard about the national debt. So uh, we know that as a percentage of GDP, that's kind of going up. Now, I mentioned this year, uh, the annual revenues are estimated about $3.5 trillion. Um, they haven't done another stimulus bill, but in theory, they've, they've put out over $9 trillion. So, you know, you've got uh, a pretty healthy uh, deficit, somewhere around $5.7 trillion this year. Uh, so the, the national debt went up. And of course, most, most of that uh, was from the, the different relief bills, the PPP, the uh, uh, unemployment insurance, all that stuff. So, you know, obviously, when you spend more than you take in, um, now you might say, well, this probably sounds like a very different year. The reality is, though, that if you look at, you know, and if you look at taxes or receipts, revenues by the government, which makes basically taxes, uh, it could be the you know the payroll tax, corporate tax, uh, individual tax, right? Generally, you know, the federal government takes in around I don't know seventeen to eighteen uh, percent, somewhere between there, of GDP, and they typically spend you know. Uh, somewhere between, you know, north of 20. So call it 21. Uh, maybe they take in 17. They spend 20% of GDP. So they always really spend more than they, they take in. Uh, that's not surprising. And as an aside, if you were just looking at this and saying, um, what's interesting is the despite tax rates going up, tax rates going down, the collection as a percent of GDP is pretty much the same despite what the top marginal tax rate is. Um, so one of the, the takeaways there is if you want to grow receipts at the federal government level, you probably want to concentrate on things that grow the economy and have a GDP expansion because you're typically going to get around 17% of GDP and about, and you're going to spend more than that, just the way things work, right? Uh, speaking of budgets um, and deficits, so one of the things that comes up is people say, well, at some point, when this has become just a real problem. And I always thought it was a problem in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, you know, so far it hasn't had, you know, the, the predictions of doom and gloom haven't materialized. But I'll give you some numbers here. Um, obviously, when the federal government loans, you know, takes loans, they issue treasury bonds. People buy those bonds. And the federal government owned, uh, owes interest annually. And then at the end of the term, they have to pay down, you know, the uh, the cost of that debt, although the reality is they never really pay it down. They just issue new debt to pay off the old debt. So just looking um, at the annualized net interest payments, and that's just a fancy way for saying, how much interest did you owe on the, the debt held by the public, uh, excluding, you know, the, the stuff owed by the the Fed, which of course would go back to the Treasury anyway, any interest received there, 
or Social Security, it's about $559 billion. And, and I annualize that number. It's an annualized number, so that's kind of the estimate. And, you know, $559 billion on roughly $20.5 trillion. And if you, you do the math there, it's roughly about a 2% blended interest rate that the U.S. government pays on its debt, pays on U.S. treasuries, okay? So there's a couple things that kind of come into play. And one of the things that people kind of talk about is they say, well, you know, we right now, uh, $599 billion, you know, what, what would that – what would that sort of mean? Well, at the end of, or at least the the baseline forecast at the beginning of 2020, net interest payments about 338 billion, which is about five percent of the spending. Okay, We're, our budget was supposed to spend about 6.6 trillion. We know that's going to be much higher now. But you look at, you know, let's say it's 559 billion to compare to some of the other areas. Um, Social Security is a little bit over a trillion. Medicare and Medicaid, about 1.3 trillion. Defense, about 715 billion. Non-defense discretionary. So that's like things that you want to spend money on. Because really Medicare, Medicaid, those are sort of fixed or semi-fixed. Social Security is sort of fixed. Defense, I would say, is semi-fixed. I mean, you, you could turn the sequester uh, – during the Obama term, there were some uh, reductions in defense spending. Uh, but I bring that up because if interest rates were to go up or the debt continues to go up, at some point, you'll spend more just on paying the interest than you will on national defense. And that's sort of significant. Now, I'm not saying the interest rate's going to go up tomorrow. Uh, that's, we could do another podcast on that at some point. But think about it this way. I mean, the, the average interest rate in, you know, if we go back, it's not even that long ago, I think. If you go back and you look at the, the average interest rate on treasuries and you do that, uh, you know, you go back to like 2000, it was something like 6.5%. Uh, 2007, right before the downturn, about 5%. So if you ever went, if you ever tripled back to let's say just six percent, well, your net interest payments would go from five hundred fifty nine billion to about one point six, one point seven trillion. All right, so that's significant because at some point, your net interest payments, uh, if it's one point seven trillion, if you look at the twenty twenty budget, that would equal all of the spending on Social Security and all the spending on defense. So one of the dangers with debt like this is that it becomes a greater percentage of the budget and it winds up being such a big item that it's no more just 5% of your, your total budget. Uh, it's, it's a much greater percent. Of course, interest rates have been low for a while and if they continue to be low or they go lower, that would help the net interest payments stay stable or low. But of course, even if you keep the same interest payment, interest percent, but if you you know if you double your debt, you're going to double the right. If you if you go from twenty trillion to forty trillion at a two percent rate, well, you're still going to be about one point one trillion dollars in net interest from the five hundred fifty nine billion today. So, you know that's one of the things when we think about 
the federal budget or the, or the projections. So the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, they put out forecast. And I take these with a grain of salt because people much smarter than me have explained that, you know, the CBO, like if there's a new bill, if there is a new, um, if there's something, they have to take, uh, my understanding is they have to take all the assumptions that are given to them. So for example, if, if you had somebody say, hey, what if we raise taxes to 100% with no deductions? Okay, in theory, they could take those and they would assume that everyone who is working now would, even though they're not going to make anything because you're going to get taxed 100%, you would still work. So that, that's an egregious example of that, right? But um, that's my understanding. I mean, they, so when a bill gets passed and they say, well, it's going to reduce cost over 10 years. And then other people say, well, that might be true, but you're missing some, some, some other things. I don't believe they're able to take that into account. But regardless, uh, if we look at some of their projected, so they, they did a federal debt by the public. They've got a graph here. I'll link to this in the show notes from 1900 to 2050. You know, by 2050, if, you, if my eyes are correct on this, they're estimating that the federal debt held, held by the public would be about 175% of GDP. Remember, right now it's about 105%. <clears throat> that will probably be more like 100% once we get the revisions from Q3. But um, they see the percent of GDP federal debt held by the public to continuing to go higher. And they also state in here, uh, you know, right, I'll, I'll kind of read from the report here, the federal debt held by the public uh, surpasses its historical high of 106 5% of GDP in 2023. I think it's already surpassed it. Um, and they say it continues to climb in most years thereafter. In 2050, debt as a percentage of GDP is nearly 2.5 times what it was at the end of last year. Okay, well, that's even, I don't know when this came out, but it's probably even, you know, worse <laughs> than that. But um, the, the other thing too is the net interest payments as a percentage of GDP, that's also going to go up by quite a lot. For example, you know, they assume, um, you know, currently net interest payments are, as I said, only about 5%, um, but that's, con that's going to continue to rise as either the rate goes up that we pay or the, the amount of debt that we pay as well. Um, so net interest payments, healthcare programs are all expected to rise uh, mandatory spending, discretionary payments on security are expected to, to stay a little bit flatter. So these are, these are sort of interesting things uh, to take a look at. Again, um, you know, and they say growing deficits are projected to drive federal debt held by the public to an unprecedented levels over the next 30 years. So actually by 2050, they say 195% of gross, uh, gross domestic products. So Again, I've, I've thought this was an issue for a lot of years, um, you know, and then other people have been saying the sky's falling and things like that. So um, we'll just have to see. But I wanted, I wanted to do an episode because jokingly, you know, I'm like, oh, you're probably tired of hearing about this. And all. No, you didn't hear anything of, of it. 
And I think it's pretty clear that neither of the political parties, whoever your your favorite is, uh, is really talking about this or, or concerned about it. So, um, you know, a, one of the things I'll, I'll also point out, um, there's something else that economists look at. And one of the things that they... Um, they might look at as a few other ratios. For example, they might look at uh, how many times annual revenues the the national debt is. So we look at the you know the the debt held by the public uh, divided by your you know your your revenues. It's something like six times. So if your debt held by the public is about twenty point five trillion, your annual revenues estimated this year is something like three point four three point five. So the debt held by the public is something like six times the revenue that you bring in. And again, you know, if you're doing this on a personal side, you'd be like, oh, I have to cut expenses. The government never seems to do that. But if they, you know, even if, I don't think there's any inclination to balance the budget and take in a positive revenue stream, meaning your revenues exceed your, uh, your expenditures. Uh, but it's just the point that, you know, the, the larger the debt gets, the more, uh, you know, there's really no, not much of a chance of paying it back. Um, I don't historically, I'll have to take, uh, and do a little more research on this because I'd be curious to see if what that ratio is going back, uh, over the course of many years and see maybe what some of the implications from that are, but, uh, certainly it is something to watch for sure, for sure. Um, what this means for, the markets, what it means for interest rates, for inflation. Well, if you're the federal government, you're probably rooting for interest rates to stay low for longer and longer and longer. Uh, because if if they did rise, obviously those net interest payments would rise as well. Um, an interesting thing, though, is they, you know, an inter- they don't necessarily, they don't want interest rates to rise. Uh, but in a weird way, they would be okay with inflation rising. And what do I mean by that? Well, normally you say, well, doesn't if your debt's twenty trillion now and all else equal, and it never is, if prices rose, you know, five percent a year instead of two percent a year, wouldn't that make the debt larger? Actually, not. Actually, not. Um, and and the reason is because um, if you, you know, if you take out a loan, let's say you took out a loan in in nineteen late nineteen seventies, it was like twenty thousand uh, dollars. If you paid, you know, imagine you, you just paid interest on that. Or it was, there was no interest that was due. It doesn't matter. The size alone is $20,000. But then you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars. Uh, adjusted for inflation, it's probably over $100,000. Uh, just kind of thinking about the math in my head. Um, I suppose I could, I could do the math. <laughs> Actually, let's do that. Why not, right? Let's be, let's like an, a, a little bit more uh, uh, of an accurate thing. Uh, but what are we, two, 2020? So 2020, all the way back, uh, let's say 45 years ago. So if you do, if you took that $20,000 and you assumed, you know, a uh, 2.5% inflation rate. Yeah, actually, well, I might be a little high on that. Might be only about $75,000. Okay. That's what happens when you pull, uh, you know, examples out of your head, right? But the point is, um, in a weird way, 
the government actually would like inflation. The more inflation, the better, just, just on a standalone basis. Because when you inflation adjust that debt, um, it actually will lower the, the inflation adjusted debt amount, if that makes any sense. So, all right. So what do we want to take out of this? Well, first, when you hear talk about, and you don't hear that much of it, but when you hear talk about the different debt levels, I want you to understand the differences held by the public, public debt. And then you've got stuff that's on the Federal Reserve balance sheet. You've got stuff in the Social Security trust fund and theory the government owes to itself. So you, you sort of subtract that out. And you want to be watching the percent of GDP on the debt held by the public compared to GDP. As I said, it's about 105% right now. Uh, you can check out the CBOE. I keep referring to them as the Chicago Board of Options, but the Congressional Budget Office. They, uh, they put out those reports and they put out estimates. Um, you know, I've gone back and look at different CBO, CBO estimates and they probably, you know, they probably way understated what the debt was going to be. And quite frankly, who could have seen, you know, spending $9 trillion uh, this year? Uh, you probably expected them to spend, you know, 5.4 or something like that or, or even, uh, but, you know, who could have foreseen that? But they always seem to be a little bit underweight in the amount of debt uh, the amount of spending and things like that. So, um, so you can take a look at that. And then you want to be watching, you know, think about the, the net interest payments. So good news is uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis or St. St. Louis Reserve Bank, I forget which one it is, they've got all this stuff, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, if you Google FRED, F-R-E-D, and, you know, debt held by the public, you can pull that stuff up. So I'll put a couple links in there. You can go to their site. They have charts and graphs. And you can actually play around with the numbers. Uh, so I'll put some of those in there as well. As a reminder, next week we'll be back with our pre-election uh, podcast special. Uh, and we'll be kind of going through making some predictions. And it will either be really foolish what we say or it will be spot on. And we'll look at just just some thoughts about implications one way or another for, for markets and for corporations all right, remember, uh, rather than wasting time rating and reviewing, go ahead and share this with someone you might think uh, might benefit from it. Uh, pass it along, pass them a link, show them how to do podcasts, especially for those people who have never listened to podcasts before. All right, folks, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.